This is Listen Up, Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson. Hi, thank you for joining me for Listen Up, Home Buyers. I'm Victoria, and so happy to have Glenn Grutta, the owner of Vector Home Inspections in the Boston area. Glenn is here to talk to us today about winter home inspections. And I really want to hear what you have to say because we do have people who buy homes in the winter. And of course, we advocate for having home inspections. So welcome, Glenn. Thank you for uh, asking me to participate again, Victoria. Good to see you. Good to see you um, too. So yeah, I mean, obviously wintertime uh, presents challenges uh, due to the weather and the and the weather changes so quickly from day to day. Uh, it's, it's interesting because one of the big challenges for home inspectors is actually getting to the job site, getting to the home inspection. Uh, you plan, you know, three or four days ahead of time and the weather can change overnight. Now, when you walk up to a house and there is snow on the ground, um, tell me how you do the visual inspection that I know you normally would do going around the perimeter of the home. You, you don't know the lay of the land. Uh, right. if, it's a, if there's enough snow cover, uh, it sort of prevents you from looking at the grading. Uh, uh, the snow on the roof, you can't see anything. Right. Uh, but it's funny because there are clues that give you information that you wouldn't have think think about in the wintertime. For instance, if you see uh, a snow-covered roof, and you can drive along, and everyone has seen these, where you'll see lines on the roof. Yes. Those lines are the rafters telegraphing through. That's from heat loss. You can already tell without going into the house that they don't have enough, enough insulation in the attic. Okay, let me just back that up for a second. So... I have seen what you're talking about. So I'm driving down the road. I see snow-covered rooftops. There are some patches and areas where it looks like the snow has melted. Right. And you're telling me that that's that's a clear indication that they're losing um, they're losing the heat. They're, it's not an energy efficient home. Correct. It's because you'll you'll actually see the lines, which are the roof rafters that's telegraphing through. Okay. So the heat is, is escaping between the rafters through the roof. Mm -hmm. and, and it's always going to be more noticeable on the Northern side of the house where you don't get the sunlight, the sunshine. Okay. So that already tells me that we, we, you know, something to be in mind and keep in the back of my mind about insulation up in the attic. Okay. Uh, you know, you walk around the house, you're looking for uh, icicles and everyone gets icicles and believe it right. or not, everyone gets ice stamps every year. Every house gets ice stamps. Tell uh, me, tell me what yeah. an ice dam is for people so, who don't understand what that is. People refer to ice dams as that accumulation of ice and snow at the eaves, you know, right above the gutter line. Mm -hmm. uh, there's big piles of snow. It tends to melt and accumulate there. And uh, it's something where people associate ice dams with water damage in the house, where actually mm -hmm. that's not really the whole story. Okay. Uh, the ice dams are there and everyone, whether you get water in your house or not, Everyone gets ice stamps. And, and, and it's basically the gutters freezing up with the water. So now you have when the snow and ice melts on the roof, there's nowhere for that water to go. Okay. So okay. it dams up. Okay. Got it. Now, Got the, it. Prob the problem with that is during the day when it melts, that water still is not draining, but it's sitting as liquid on the roof. And then at night when it refreezes, it backs up under the shingles. You know, mm. ice freezes. When ice freezes or when water freezes, it expands. Right. So that's the process. Mm -hmm. So- you know, you're looking when you go into the attic now uh, for water stains down low. And it very often, you'll actually see frost on the nail shanks that are protruding through the roof sheathing from heat loss. You'll see, okay. you'll see, it looks like, it looks like frost you would see in your freezer. Okay. So, you know, there's heat loss. 
Uh, and then water's got to be eventually dripping down as it melts. So, so when so in the winter time, you are likely to spend a bit more time in that attic uh, because you're actually looking at the the inside of what's happening to that roof. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you're using those clues on the exterior to just give you an idea of what you may run into when you get up into that attic. Okay. Okay. Now about these ice dams, you say they happen to everybody. If I have a brand new architectural shingle on my roof, brand new gutters with gutter guards, am I less likely to get ice dams than somebody who has a, an older roof and traditional gutters? Well, the, the newer homes, the insulation in the attic would probably be more than adequate to eliminate that heat loss. Got it. Okay. When you're melting, when you're melting that, that, that layer of ice and snow on the roof from underneath on the house living side, so to speak, right. that's where you have the problems. You want mm -hmm. all that, that to melt from the top as the sun hits and as the, as the temperature gets warmer. Okay. Now, now there's lots of ways of, of trying to rectify older situations that you can't deal with because a lot of homes back in the, especially in the Boston area where there's a lot of older homes, Sure. Uh, ventilation and insulation wasn't a big priority back in the day. <laughs> you know, the thirties, twenties, forties, whatever. Right. So, you know, and you, you'll see, I don't know if they have them down by you, but up by us, they have uh, heat cables that people put on the roof. Hmm. It's sort of, it's sort of woven up on the, the, the bottom three courses of roofing. It's a, it's a low voltage heat cable that melts the ice and snow. Cool. I don't think I've seen that here, but that doesn't mean they don't it's, exist here in the DC area. Right. And, yeah. and, and the problem with that, believe it or not, is it's a great, sounds like a great idea. Well, let me melt that ice and snow from underneath because that's where the cables lie mm -hmm. so that I don't get that backup. The right. problem is all that ice and snow that it's melting is going into a frozen gutter, which has nowhere for the water to go. Oh, so you're okay? just creating a bigger, you're creating problem. a bigger problem. Yeah. But if you use those ice cables and, and they're put diagonally up and down the roof, there's, like I said, the first three courses of shingles, uh -huh. if you actually lower those ice, uh, melting cables down so that mm -hmm. part of the cable sits into the gutter and then you run it down the gutter right now you're providing a conduit for all that water that's water melting to go, to go someplace mm -hmm. so that's a that's actually a pretty good way of doing it if you just can't rectify it any other way okay so if i am uh let's let's back it up a bit and talk about a homeowner for just a second because normally um we're talking about home buyers that is the focus of this podcast but right. as a homeowner in the winter time how critical is it for me to make sure that i i um do the right thing with the water um the the water spigots uh in the back in front of the house and um, what do I need to do with my plumbing and what are signs that there could be problems in my basement? You know, just give me kind of a quick rundown of what homeowners would be looking for in the winter. Okay. Well, basically any, any water pipe that's exposed to the weather or that's mm -hmm. on an outside wall, you want mm -hmm. to winterize because mm -hmm. it can become frozen and, and then you have a problem. So when it comes to water spigots, what you really should do, there should be an inside shutoff valve on every okay. one of those exterior water spigots. And you, what you would do is you would shut that off. Okay. Then you would go outside where you connect your hose and open that valve so that okay. the water drains out. And any water that happens to be stuck inside when it freezes and expands, it can't do any damage. Got so that's it. that's one of the that's a that's a key thing right off the bat when it comes to outdoor water spigots. Got it. Okay. Uh, the other thing, you know, you got to be worried about in different parts of the country, and it can be uh, an issue up here 
a lot of the older homes, some of the plumbing for the for the bathrooms was actually on an exterior wall. Mm-hmm. You can't get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of kitchens, the, you know, the kitchen sinks are on outside walls. Yeah. So you ours gotta, is on an outside wall. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be vigilant, and you know, on these really cold snaps, when you get three or four or five days that it's around zero, you got to look underneath there and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's space heaters you can put to maintain that insulation, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of home ownership, whether it's home ownership or even just buying a house, is visual maintenance. Yeah. And one of the problems as home inspectors that we see is that people don't look at their house. They just don't walk around and look at the components of the house. Yeah. So let's go back to, again, now the home inspection. So walk in the perimeter of a house. I've been at home inspections in the wintertime. Um, It's difficult. You talked about not being able to see the lay of the land. Um, It's hard to see whether there are pockets up against the house where it might be a little bit of a recessed area that could pool water. Um, What is it that you do and when you're when you're doing that visual inspection to kind of you know, counteract the the weather. So you're, you're again, you're looking for clues. Snow cover is going to basically on a flat surface is going to cover evenly no matter where it is. So okay. it will give you an indication of the grading around the house. You'll okay. actually see the snow sort of dip towards the house. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, when it comes to grading, 99% of homes aren't graded properly anyway. Uh, their planting beds all seem to slope towards the house instead of away. <laughs> So t- t- just real quick, since you mentioned it, go over the proper way that you should have grading up against your house. And I'm doing this because right. I learned this from you last time that we talked right. go ahead. <laughs> you, right. right. You, you want a positive grade. So you want the dirt basically in your planting bed, which could be four or five feet you know, wide or deep from the, the front of the house or, or even around the entire perimeter. And you want to have that ground higher than where it would end at your lawn. So mm-hmm. that, you know, and even if so it's, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, not, it doesn't have to be that extreme either. I mean, it could be, you know, half inch to a, uh, an inch per foot. It doesn't have to be crazy. Okay. Uh, but very often you'll actually see landscapers, they'll dig around your bushes in the front and they create like a curb. Mm-hmm. That's a collection area that actually holds all the water near the house. Yeah. And, and, and I try to tell people all the time when it comes to home buying, water is your enemy. That's, yeah, the, that's, that's the, the truth. Be- the beginning and end of everything. So, you know, you got to be water management is critical. And then once you do get into a house, uh, you need to create your own history. You need to go outside on rainy days uh, in summertime and see just how this water runs. Where is a pool? Is it does it does the backyard get really soggy? Mm-hmm. You know, are there downspouts dropping water right against your foundation? Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're a, a seasoned uh, owner or a new time buyer, you really need to know about these, what would be basic, uh, you know, issues. I like the phrase you just used, create your own history, because I go into literally hundreds and hundreds of houses and many of them very old here in the Washington DC area, Baltimore area. And you go into the basement and in a corner, um, I can see that at some point in the history of this house, Somebody didn't clean the gutter, the downspout up there, because you can see that water was coming into that corner and it could be an easy fix unless it's been happening for decades. Right. But um, that's the history. Right. But that doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, if it's fixed. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, you know, these days, another another challenge that we have and then I try to explain this to my clients is the, the weather patterns. They have changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Whether people they have, 
mm-hmm. in the last 15 years especially. I mean, the ground can't absorb the water that we get in some of these storms. It's just impossible. So people that have never had problems, they're starting to have problems. That's where it becomes, you have to be vigilant and 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 like I said earlier, create your own history regarding that, that house because no matter whose house you buy, that is creating your history of that particular house as long as you've owned it. Especially, it's funny because a lot of people will buy a house with these preconceived you know, perceptions about what they want to do with the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have an unfinished basement, so I'm going to finish it right away. Mm-hmm. No, time out. I mean, your ideas will change five or six times in six months, you know, yeah. based on what you, everyone walks into the house. Well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'll, I'll always, you know, rec- uh, give them a recommendation to, to just take a deep breath. And unless you have to fix something to live there, try to live in it for a while, because yeah. you think knocking that wall down is going to make you happy. It may not when you, you know, in six months. Yeah. Yeah. When you find out what's uh, connected to that wall. Well, and, yeah, that's, that's you know. a different issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that usually okay, has so, to do with the contract that you buy, uh, you're hiring. Yeah. So anything in particular that you want to add that is specific to doing a winter home inspection? And people don't even really think about this in the summer until the first winter they live in a house are the windows. Very often uh-huh. you have lousy windows, but in the summer you don't feel it because you're not, it's, right. you're not freezing. That's right. Uh, and in the wintertime, you can actually see. You can feel how, the breeze even. You can feel the breeze, right? Very mm-hmm. often you can, mm-hmm. uh, which only makes it easier to demonstrate heat loss to people and energy efficiency when I'm doing home inspections. Because if you have lousy windows, you know, old single pane windows, very mm-hmm. drafty, double hung windows, energy efficiency dictates how comfortable you're going to be. And if you have windows that are letting 25 or 30% of your heat go out the window, right. it's a little more obvious in the wintertime. So there's actually positives in the winter that, that you can illustrate your point a lot easier. So right. I like people to, to be part of the, ins- of the inspection by making a list of questions and concerns. They've walked through the house, mm-hmm. their parents, somebody's dad has told them, well, check this and check that. It right. happens all the time. Uh, and, and, don't be afraid to talk and ask questions because there are right. no stupid questions at an inspection. We're mm-hmm. here to learn about the house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the bottom line. Just become part of the whole thing. It makes it a lot easier. And they don't get so intimidated when they're part of it instead yeah. of just listening to me tell them what's wrong with the house. Yeah. No, I think you make a really good point. And that gives me the opportunity to remind home buyers, um, this is your choice. You are in charge of choosing the home inspector that is going to walk you through basically creating kind of a home Bible or a home uh, checklist, a book that you're going to be able to refer to uh, down the road. We have to be as personal as possible. We want we want them to think we're their best friend. Yeah, um, because you and, are in that moment, because you are yeah. going to you're either going to help them understand a property or help them know that this one is a little too scary and maybe they shouldn't move ahead. Right. And, and by interviewing these home inspectors and, ge- and getting recommendations, because you do want to know what kind of personnel, it, it makes a big difference yeah. in, in what you're going through. If I explain how things work, I, I explain the, the maintenance issues, mm-hmm. uh, you know, upgrades. And I've heard a lot of people tell me, you know, you did my inspection seven years ago. That's why you're here today. And I, I kept that thing and watched, read that like a book to maintain the house, which always makes me feel good that it's somebody's Wonderful. listening to me. <laughs> Somebody yeah, well, no, listen to you. Well, nobody listens to me at home. Well, oh, Glenn Grutta, we are so glad and we're listening, uh, <laughs> listening to you on Listen Up Home Buyers. Glenn Grutta is the owner of Vector Home Inspection in the Boston area. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much, Victoria. It's always nice to see you. You've been listening to Listen Up Home Buyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents.